Ready, set, go. Here we go. Okay, we're live. We're live. Welcome back to JB Squared. Man, all the takes on this one. Yeah, it's not necessarily like we're talking takes. It's the stinking mic check. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever seen that Saturday Night Live skit <laughs> with Rihanna and uh, Andy Samberg, the shy Ronnie one. But that's basically Jess whenever we go to do you a guys, mic check. I'm shy. I get shy when he tells me to do a mic check. Listen, if you haven't seen that after this podcast, please do yourself a favor. Hop off, hop on the internet, and just type in Shy Ronnie, and I that's Jess on a mic it. check. I can't help it. You put me on the spot, and I don't know what to say. You say anything. No, I say mic check, and you go, say something besides mic check. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's a two-word take. All right, here we go. What are we on? Episode three? Episode three. All right. Too easy. JB Squared, coming back live, excited. Man, we've got a lot of really cool feedback from everybody. Um, what's that look like so far? Yeah, it's been really awesome, and I really appreciate everybody sharing you know, their feedback or reposting on Instagram. It's been really awesome to see that uh, people like it. <laughs> yeah, it's been really neat. We've, you know, it's been probably one of the coolest parts is the variety of you guys who have, like, said, you're having a great time with it. So like there's people yeah. that we've never met and then there's our absolute people that are closest to us and they're super excited about it as well. And so like, we're just hoping to continue to do this thing and, and um, our thought process, uh, just so you guys know, is like, we basically hit record. We got a couple topics we're gonna talk about. We keep it mad organic and uh, have some fun with it. Yeah, exactly, keep it organic. That's the whole deal. That's it. Cool, man, so what's next for the fam? So we are sitting in North Florida right now. Yep, we're sitting in our RV in North Florida, but we're fixing to travel for six weeks and we're going where? Yeah, we're gonna head out west like a couple cowboys. It's gonna mm. be fun. Uh, so when I was a kid, we were able to go out and uh, kind of like have a pretty cool trip. As a um, ours was not six weeks, so our yeah. kids are just stupid fortunate. But right. yeah, we're gonna go out and just see some of the really cool stuff that America has to offer. You I'm know? excited. I haven't been further west than Colorado, so I can't wait to see like Montana, Wyoming, Utah. Yeah. It's gonna be awesome. I was like in Idaho for like 55 seconds in like 2004. Idaho? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, where I was at Sears School up there, so like we were young. That's in Idaho? No, it's in it's in Spokane, but yeah. we were all young and trying to party it up. And somebody told us there's this awesome club uh, on the other side of the border, so Weird. we drove over and had too many drinks, and then had one sober guy drive back. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So we're excited. Yeah, if you guys are from any of those states out west, hit us up because we uh, we're not really sure, you know, what to explore. We're just googling. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, we did like a pretty big map out today. Where yeah. We looked and we all right, cool. So we're heading to Texas, and then we're going from Texas to New Mexico. And I'm actually excited about that because we're going to take the kids out to where uh, where I went through training at there at Kirtland, and then um, going to Colorado, going yeah. to Wyoming, going to Montana. We can't wait. It's yeah, going to be, be awesome. Fun. It's going to be so cool. But I wanted to ask you. Yes. Last time we chatted, had you come back from Ukraine, or were no, you going I was about to, to Ukraine? Head to Ukraine. Okay, yeah. you got to recap for us. Ukraine. Okay, that's a wild situation. I think before I went, like, I probably had almost no experience in what the Russian-Ukrainian culture long-term looks like. Yeah. All that we knew was that a war kicked off. And so, like, if you guys are curious, like, exactly what we do over there. Um, again, so I work with Aerial Recovery Group, and we respond to disasters of all sorts, including man-made. 
um, one of our main objectives is to be able to go into countries and help prevent human trafficking by helping provide some stability. So what we were doing specifically in this area where there's no stability to provide is we, as the Russians were advancing towards the Ukrainians and the Ukrainians had set up defensive fighting postures, we were going between these two, uh, which is very dangerous, <laughs> going between these two forces to get out specifically orphans who we knew had not had the opportunity to escape from there. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So I remember when you were over there on the news, they, they showed um, like a, tra- a train station was bombed. Yeah. And then you let me know that you were going into that city yeah, like that's hours right. later. <laughs> and I didn't understand that, but what you told me was, so when the Russians bomb, then you have so many hours before the troops come in is that right the russian troops so is that why you had to go in quickly to get everybody out yeah for sure so a lot of what happens over there is there will be like you said there's kind of a new strategic military target that will happen and then you know these people live there right yeah. so it's it's hard for us to kind of understand well why don't they evacuate from an area sooner if they think that the russians are yeah. getting closer or whatever well i mean this is their houses and they live there and it would be like the same thing as any city that you live in in America. You're like, okay, well, things are getting a little bit closer. We're not sure exactly what's going to happen. Some people leave and some people don't, right? right. It's almost like a hurricane in Florida, Yeah, that right? I was about to yeah. say. A hurricane in Florida is the best way to understand it. And yeah. it's not until this Cat 5 hurricane all of a sudden is hitting your house specifically in your yeah. backyard, right? And so when the war first kicked off and when we first got over there, um, we were going between the two lines of the Russian troops, between the Russian troops and between the Ukrainian troops, and there were orphans trapped in between that didn't really have the opportunity to get out, and so we were trying to hurry up to sneak between the points of conflict in order to get people out, and so that's what we did the first time, and some people may or may not kind of really understand, like, well, what's what's the big deal? What's going on? Won't they kind of cruise by? There is some really really bad casualty of war stuff going on there right and not only that but and this is kind of a i thought this was very sensationalized till i got into this space but human trafficking is very real and so like what will happen is let's say people get out of their area they're in and they make it all the way over to the border and they think that they're encountering people that are good people that are trying to help a lot of these people are actually sinister characters right right? yeah that makes sense yeah so what we're doing over there is we're getting people from um, a very dangerous part of ukraine to a very safe part of ukraine yeah with very safe protection from the government there and everything else that's taking care of people yeah such a crazy crazy thing that's going on i just feel for all the ukrainian people i can't imagine if that was happening in america man it's unreal it's like in afghanistan and iraq it looks so different than it does here yeah over there i mean you like could be looking at an ikea right on the corner you could be looking at like any freaking complex that you're used to looking at over here and just bullet holes for days bombs on the side of it we heard shells going off air raids all that stuff very regularly um you know there's literally no need to sensationalize it. If anything, I'm just downplaying as much as I can just for the sake of trying to, you know, keep all opinions as neutral as possible because yeah. really it's not our stay. We're not trying to make an impact from a militaristic standpoint. Right, We're right, just right. trying to help save people. Yeah, and so like, I mean, 
what can you do if you're here? Can't you still donate? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Still donations and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And the reality is it takes money in order to move people. And kind of like we talked about last time, I think I gave this analogy of like, you know, your on the ground operators are like having a race car, but without fuel, you can't drive the car. So without donations. And so this isn't, this definitely isn't a reach um, out to the, the public in order to make donations, but people often ask. So if you want to make donations, you can, if not, man, prayers are definitely a big deal. And, um, and there's a lot of people that have skills that can help. And so, yeah, yeah. if you have them, got them, use them. Yeah. So are you going to go back? <laughs> yeah. It's a great question. So one of the things, right, cause we're all special operators that we do is I probably will not have to go back. So the first thing that we did when we went in was we saw the need, we, implemented our skill set in order to address that need to make an impact and we did that with a partnered group of ukrainians so we had ukrainians locals obviously it's their people working with us and so we took them with us showed them what our process looked like we trained them to be able to do the process and so now these guys really cool are able to implement and work in their own country in order to that's awesome yeah be able to help um super cool yeah take care of their own people and so um, we have a presence for sure, but I probably specifically will not have to go back. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so well, this weekend we were in Atlanta, which we was sure were. really cool. The kids had a jiu-jitsu competition, and we're so proud of them. They both placed second, yep. and it's so funny because they both won with the same submission move. Mm-hmm. So they both love triangles and arm bars, if, you're, if you know anything about you know grappling. And then they both lost to the same submission move, which was a Kimura in yeah. the guard, which is pretty crazy, yeah. right? Which is kind of like an arm bar, but it's attacking a shoulder. So yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a little different. Yeah. yeah, so let's talk about you know, their mindset going into the competition. Yeah, I love it because in the last one, we were talking about mindset, right? So we went from mindset and then we progressed over and the kids hadn't competed in a little bit. So it was like we were refreshing and going through with everybody. So really like probably like a good hit is like saying, okay, well, what did that look like, Jess? So like what did the night before look like? What did the morning of? You know, what was your your recollection of the competition? Yeah, so, you know, I feel like with the kids, um, especially since we've competed before we don't really talk about it too much you know on the drive to atlanta right so we're not like hey let's pump up the music let's get you guys (laughs) hyped up you know there's no eminem playing the (laughs) night before yeah it could because who wants to be hyped up for 24 hours so we keep it really chill you know we keep it fun we do fun stuff like we'll stop along the way and you know run around or we actually got to the hotel we went to the pool right away to let the kids just have fun like don't even we didn't even talk about the competition that's right you know because who wants to be you know it's a great point, right, from com- from competing. There is nothing the night before that is going to change your level of preparation. So it's like for you to sit there and just right. overly review everything and, like, to create an yeah. anxious space, that's not going to You're help not you. going to sleep. That's it. Yeah. But what is important, you said that, is eating. That's nutrition right. the That's day right. before. Yeah, so day so, before nutrition, yeah. super important. And actually, this is a great segue. We kind of get asked this a lot, which are like, what is important the day before? Right. Well, remember, we're not building muscle at that Correct. point. Correct, yes. So all we're trying to do is stock up on energy system as much as possible. Yep. So it doesn't mean you don't eat protein because there's a lot of kind of micro things that happen. Um, in keeping your protein level high, you prevent from like breaking down energy storage and everything else. Um, but you want to really make sure 
depending on if you're a weight class athlete or not, you got to try to maximize as much energy into your muscles as possible. So, and that's what you said. As we left, we left the day before. So the kids competed on Sunday. We drove up Saturday. Right. um, And we were driving, right? And I remember you were like, hey, are the kids eating carbs? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I packed amino banana. They have smoothie. They have this and that. And he's like, okay, make sure you get most of that in before, I think you said like noon or something like that. Yeah, that's right. And so tell them why. Like, why would you not carb up at nighttime? So there's a lot of different studies that show how your body, um, how long it takes to replace glycogen and actually store it at the muscular and the liver level. There's a a lot of different um, perceptions out there. Yeah. Um, I think that most of them are pretty well. I'm going to just mostly go off of what I have seen competitors do well, so it's very anecdotal, um, and what I've seen in myself and what I have tested over and over again. And I like to test my body because I have the least genetic potential. (laughs) So (laughs) if something works well for me, it's going to work well for everybody. But what I have found is you need at a minimum 24 hours before like if you're just trying to replace that in a 12-hour window aka you try to eat a big dinner at like eight o'clock and then you're going to compete at eight o'clock the next morning or nine or ten you know 12 14 15 hours the most it will not have time to metabolize become a solid glycogen storage hold the water with it and be prepared to give you that energy that you need the next day so for us remember guys if you're competing Get that food in starting 36 hours out. By the time you're 24 hours out, you want to make sure you have a lot. It doesn't mean you stop eating, you continue eating. It's just don't be behind the curve on storing it. Right, right. Don't wait till nighttime and think you're gonna you're gonna get all the nutrients and the carbs in and think exactly. you're gonna be okay. Exactly. Because you honestly forget about it. You do. It's especially on that travel day. Yeah. That's right. So you're traveling and you're like yeah. Okay, we're moving from here to here. And let's say you got like a five, six hour drive. I mean, you could go six hours without eating and exactly. not even think about it. You think it. you stop at a gas station, you right. think a banana's fine and like you got 20 grams of carbs and that's, that's right. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yep. I would definitely say we make sure we're prepared with food for the kids the day before when we're driving. We don't talk competition. That's right. We keep it fun. Yep. We let them read their books, play their games, do all that stuff. And not until... I would say that morning of the competition, That's right. are you starting to talk mindset with That's them? right. We start talking mindset. And really for us as adults, you adults out there competing, myself, I do the same thing and just does the same thing. When we're driving to a tournament, yeah. we're listening to different podcasts or music or, you know, maybe we'll have some Netflix playing and three of them will be watching while I'm driving, watching the road or whatever. But we're doing the same thing because there's all the preparations done. Yeah. So there's, you know. All, all the previous mindset stuff you can think of, you've already gone through. So it's like, don't hold on to any of that. Don't worry about any of that. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me, because um, I kind of hear it, but then I can't really hear. What are you telling the kids that morning? Yeah, that was Because I like kind of listening, yeah. but I can't really hear. Whispering over. So we have kind of a, um, our mindset is I pretty much always make sure a, that they know that we're proud of them first. Yeah. So like my opening sentences, I bring them in and I go, all right, listen up, kiddos. First thing, I want you to know that your mom and I are proud of you. And here's why. Mm-hmm. So we quantify this always, right? Yeah. Because you worked really hard to get here. You focused, right? You're um, willing to step onto the bo- onto the, the mat, right? You're willing to go out there and get it. Like the uh, the man in the arena that, right. that Teddy Roosevelt um, it's my favorite. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, you know, we had one of these up on the kids' wall. If you guys haven't read that, I highly encourage you to read it. Man right? in the Arena. It's That's so right. good by Teddy Roosevelt. Fantastic. And so 
first thing we say is, listen, we're really proud of you. And here's why. Because you've trained your butt off, right? You have focused your mind. You are willing to step onto that arena floor. So when we go out there, here's our mindset. We're going to stay chill and we're going to kill, yep. right? This yep. is literally what we say to the kids. Stay chill and kill. Why? Because we want to have a relaxed mind, right? but we want to be very active with our body, right? So the mind's relaxed, the body's staying active. This is the same thing whether you're powerlifting or Olympic lifting or whatever. Relaxed mind, right. powerful body. And what's the, um, what's an exercise, remember, that they can do and we do with the kids and ourselves to keep in that mindset? Right. We do right. times tables. That's it. Times <laughs> tables. Uh, the last thing that we'll say to the kids is after we tell them, you know, that we're proud of them first, we'll tell them to, you know, relax their mind and stay aggressive. And then the very kind of last point that we'll talk about is don't go to not lose. Right. Right. right? right. Go to win. Mm-hmm. You're going on the mat because you want to win. You're not trying to not lose and here's an example of that let's say you're doing jujitsu and now again that you could apply this to any sport um you know it's it's it parallels everything but since we're speaking jujitsu we'll just hit this real quick which is you're going against somebody and you get up by like two points and there's 30 seconds left Fighting to not lose is where you just try to stall that time exactly you try to stall that time now that's a dangerous game to play because right. you're not sure what's going to happen. But if you get up by two points, there's 30 seconds left, and you're going to win, yep. you keep trying to advance. You keep trying to attack. You keep trying to bring what you exactly. got, right? Exactly. So go to win, always. Make it a dogfight if it needs to be. Yep. Do your best. And, and the thing we always say, too, is like, let them remember your name. 100%. Even if you lost, they're not going to forget your name. They're 100%. not going to get what you did. So. That's right. Pretty awesome. And so that's what we'll tell them. We'll say, listen, we love you, and we always finish with, Listen, it doesn't matter if you win yeah. or you lose. Mommy and daddy are proud of you. Yep, 100%. It. Because we are. For all the same reasons. So then we get to the competition day. Um, and again, we talked about this some last time, but these are some great points that we didn't hit, which are the um, the part of your brain that goes kind of full flighter, you know, fight, fight or flight. Or flight yeah. yeah. Will go It'll start ramping up, and your ability to high-level process will go down. Yeah. So the way that we keep the mind there is what? We do times tables or yep. or addition and subtraction. That's you right. know anything anything you want to give um, to an adult or a child. So we'll That's go, right. hey Slade, what's two times two? Yeah. What's four times two? What's four times four? And you'd be surprised yep. as to what state of mind you're in. I asked a full grown <laughs> black belt at Worlds a couple of years ago, and I won't say his name out of love. I was like, yo, uh, Mr. Blank, what's six times six? And he goes, oh, uh, um. <laughs> Gosh. I know. And I was like, hey, it's okay. Breathe, bro. Think yeah. through it. It's 36. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. What's, you know, seven times eight? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, 50, okay, 56, right? So, yeah. and then eventually it starts to come back. It's so, so interesting. It is a good, it is interesting. So, because your again, body's in the sympathetic, yep, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so you're pure sympathetic, and all it can think is fight or flight, get out of here. It's not thinking stay here and sort through the problem. Right. Well, I, the reason I know that is because, um, my first jiu-jitsu competition, I was in like the, they call it the bullpen before you go out to fight your competitor. And my mouth was so dry. Yeah. And then I realized that like, there's so many symptoms if you're in that, that mode, right. you know, like That's you right. can't think, your mouth is dry, you're That's just right. like 
in this pure craziness. That's right. So when your sympathetic kicks in, your pupils are going to open up. You're going to become very kind of laser focused forward. Your mouth's going to dry up. Um, you know, obviously you're going to be able to move faster, jump higher and, and be stronger. Um, when your parasympathetic kicks in, this is more of your, like a really over, over exertion of parasympathetic like what you see in chemical warfare is like runny nose eyes are running yeah. all the opposite okay so when you do the times tables it takes you out of the sympathetic or it just like gets no you it a- lets your brain start to process at a higher level because there's a lot of different levels of your brain so like if you get down to the base root of your brain then everything is just very primal it's very gross motor movement so this helps you to kind of redefine come back into the processing part of your brain that solves problems and challenges gotcha and, and, and you know the Rubik's cube part of your brain. Oh, okay. okay, that's right. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and so then the kids went out and they won their first couple matches. And guess what we said? Same thing we said. It wasn't like, yeah. hey, we're so proud of you for winning. It's like, hey, way to stick to your game plan. Way to get after it. Way to be intense. Awesome. And then they both lost, like you said, to the exact same move. <laughs> so funny. And we go off the mat and we go, cool. Hey, we're, that was pretty difficult to deal with. Yeah, definitely. I didn't know what to do. All right, cool. So now we're going to become experts in that. Yeah. I'm really proud of you guys for putting in the effort. I'm really excited for you guys to press forward. Now, we always ask this question. So, moving forward, do you feel like you still want to compete? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Both yeah, they're stoked. They yeah. can't, they're like ready for their yeah, next Yeah, we're ready for the next one. They're getting ready for pans. <laughs> and so we like to always ask because... You know, we're not ever trying to vicariously live through the kids. We want the kids to do their thing, and we're, of course, going to help coach that process. Of course, but, yeah. Yep, so we and make then, it. Uh, so what do we do with our medals? Yeah, the actually the medals, uh, I put them in the truck today and forgot to drop them off at, <laughs> at our uh, jujitsu gym, but they'll be going there tomorrow. Yeah, so the kids were so funny. They had their medals, and they're like, so are we throwing these in the trash or what? <laughs> we're like, well, we'll take them to the jujitsu gym because yep. they hang up a bunch of medals. And so yep. the kids... It's so cool because they just they're just on to the next, you yep. know. It, it doesn't it doesn't um, rep- it's not who they are, you yeah. know. It, it doesn't give them significance. Yeah. So and it's we, pretty and cool. One of the things too is like we were just able to say, look, we're super proud of how you guys got after it. Yeah. And what we're most proud of is it. We really saw a PR of the level of relaxed. Exactly. They were so relaxed this weekend. I was so proud of them. Yeah, it was awesome. It was pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah, and they're always excited because we always get them. We always say, "Okay, you know, you can, you guys did great. Win or lose, you guys can pick out something that you've been wanting." You know, That's so right. Slade's gonna get That's a video right. game, and Brody's gonna get some type of craft set or yep. something like that. Yep. So, in uh, keeping with the Q and A kind of part two that we had before, um, a ton of people, of course, ask about nutrition. So, oh yeah, what's going on? What will we be doing these days? Oh, okay, well, we're on a new adventure. Um, <laughs> honestly, I really enjoy it. I don't know if you guys have heard... You know heard... what? Before you head to the new... What? What, what have you been doing for the past years? Because people kind of always wonder, right? So, like, what did you do up to this point? Okay. So, uh, before this, you did lots of protein, right? Yeah. So, before um, this... What kind just, of carbs did you eat? Just in the recent year, I was primarily keto, I would say. Well, okay. probably for the next last, like... You were, like, keto Monday to Friday. Yeah. Okay. So, go. here's the thing with my, with my nutrition. I can do really well Monday through Friday. And then I always was like, okay, Saturday and Sunday, I'll like free eat, eat what I want. Stuff I've been craving throughout the week. But and you still wouldn't eat what? Even oh, I definitely won't eat gluten. So yeah. we're, we're 100% gluten free. Um, so always I would eat whatever I was eating, whatever diet. If it was like high protein, low carb, um, high fat, I would do that. Or vice versa, high carb, low fat. And then on the weekends, I would just kind of free eat. But recently, we've started the animal-based diet, yeah. which is super awesome. You've been on it for a lot longer than me. Yeah. Like what, three months? 
Yeah, man, it's got to probably be at least that. Um, so before that, I was straight up almost only animal protein with a little bit of dairy yeah, for, for close to two years. Yeah. Right. So easy, easiest way to say it's keto, but it's not exactly how I ate. Um, but we could just say keto for the sake of making yeah. it easy to understand. So I was keto for two years and then I was actually just driving down the road one day and I was like, how is it possible that there's a food that lasts forever, right? It lasts, it, it doesn't spoil and that's bad for you. And I was thinking about honey, okay. right? And I was like, it just doesn't make Wait, sense. Wait, you thought of honey before fruit? Yeah, yeah. Were you eating honey before fruit? Uh, almost simultaneously, right? So I was like... That carb source has so gotten... So you hadn't heard of, like, Liver King or Paul Saladino? I had seen Liver King for sure because uh, he's jacked and juicy and fun to watch. I had definitely seen him. Um, I hadn't seen Paul's stuff whenever I, like, had an epiphany. We were actually staying out at the uh, at the Army spot oh. out there, right? Okay. Um, and so this was a little while back, but we were staying out there, and I was just driving, and I was just kind of thinking. I was like, golly, there's no way... There's nothing that makes sense about a food that doesn't spoil, lasts forever. And it had such a bad rap before that, right? Because yeah. it's just like, oh, it's got a high glycemic index load. It's, you know, it's all sugar. And it's like, that's true. It is all carbs. But does that inherently make it bad was kind of my thought, right? Uh-huh. Like, I mean, protein's all protein. You know what I mean? Right. So is it is it a coming into the system too quickly? Is it causing too much of an insulin spike? Like, what does that look like? And then very shortly after that, I was like, hey, I'm going to start incorporating honey. And you were like, oh, really? Yeah. You I know was like, what, I mean? what is this honey? <laughs> this guy's been he, having yeah. no carbs for I'm two like, years. And now, and then he's chugging honey. And I'm like, what is going on? Literally chugging it. No, we would be, we would be driving <laughs> in the vehicle. And, and this dude would surgery. be like squeezing massive amounts of honey in his mouth. And I'm like, what is going on? Okay. I, Okay. Yeah, my honey squeeze comes down to a total seconds. It's okay. like, all right, I'm about to have a hard workout. I squeeze this for it, 10 it's seconds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, okay, we need to break it down because they don't probably don't understand what That's we're right. doing. Then I found Paul Saladino's stuff. Yeah, okay. So if you guys haven't checked out Carnivore MD 2.0 on Instagram, basically he does a great job running down of how we're eating. So it's an animal-based diet, meaning all of our protein is coming from red meat. So we only are eating red meat. And then we're incorporating fruits and honey. Yeah. So, and dairy, some types of dairy. Raw dairy would be the best if you can get it. So red meat, fruits, honey, raw dairy. Yeah. Um, what about what about the cholesterol? What about, what about it, what right? What about chicken and being supposed to be better and all those things? Yeah, so, I mean, it's so interesting, and we can go down a rabbit hole as to why we're eating this way. But red meat is incredible, right? And nowadays, if you buy chicken... You don't know what the chicken's eating. That's you don't right. know what the conditions are of the chicken. You know, it's not natural. It's not what the chicken was made to be. And it's possible that the beef you're eating is not as well. Correct, But correct. the big difference between a cow and a chicken or a pig is the number of stomachs. Correct. Right? So a cow's got four stomachs, right? Ruminants got multiple stomachs. And chickens and pigs do not. So then what happens is if both of them aren't necessarily being fed species-appropriate diets, only one of those can still break it down and filter it, put right. it into the muscle without bringing all the contaminants. So in a perfect world, you could eat chicken if it was actually living and 
nature, eating the worms, eating what it's That's supposed right. to eat versus right. eating grain, right. which it's not supposed to eat. Right. It would definitely be a lot better for you. That yeah. is for sure. Exactly. So like if you really love chicken... Try to find you a butcher. Try to find somebody that's close that actually raises real, legit, free-range chickens yeah. on species-appropriate diets. And I can attest to because I I loved chicken and loved it was it. very hard for me to switch over to red meat. Yep. But once I did, I think I was missing a lot of fat, the good yep. animal fat. Missing fat, probably missing iron, mm-hmm. missing you know, Absolutely. A, yeah, a lot of the there's a. It, this sounds like a silly word, but it's a real word. A lot of zoom nutrients, mm. right? So as what does we, that mean? Right. So we talk about like micronutrients being in food and that being like a very big deal what are your micros let's see what's a best analogy for that it's kind of like all the different keys that come into your body to unlock certain expressions of genes right so like all your you know your macronutrients like we talked about last time are your you got your protein that's going to make up the blocks of the house you have your fat which is going to be the mortar of the house and you have your carbs which is going to be the workers Mm -hmm. right your micronutrients are the keys that open up all the doors to the house to help you maneuver through the house and express in the house and, okay. and and everything there, right? So like, will you die without micronutrients? Definitely. Will you die as quickly as you will without macros? No, right? right. And so most of the food we eat um, in America is almost completely stripped of the micronutrients. Oh, I know. Right? So zoo nutrients are micronutrients that are in animal products. Oh, oh that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Right. So so we switched over. He's been doing it for a few months. I. I think I'm on week three. Yep. And you guys. Simplify. What is it? I mean, honestly, it's unbelievable. So here's here's my take on it. Red meat. So we pretty much two types of meat. We eat burger or we yep. eat steak, ribeye. Right. Fruits. We eat bananas, strawberries, pineapple, watermelon, mm, apples maybe. I would say that's about it. Yep. Some berries. And here's the deal on fruit. Whatever fruit you like, eat that. And I was going to say that. Yep. I prefer strawberries, bananas, some pineapple, not necessarily watermelon. You like grapes? I love grapes. This guy eats watermelon like it's going out of style. I'm not a big watermelon <laughs> person, but so any fruit. So you got your red meats, whatever red meat you want. You want any fruit that you want and honey. Yep. And then, like we said, if you have raw dairy, you can get some raw dairy. Um, but I've Why been raw? on this diet. You know? Nope. Yep, yeah. So that's a good question. So raw dairy hasn't been pasteurized or homogenized. And so what does that mean? Well, so pasteurization is basically where you heat up the milk to the point to make sure you've killed off any bacteria. And so what we're very aware of is that having a good healthy bacteria is actually good for your gut, right? And there will be some bad bacteria in anything that you eat as well, but there's a natural balance that's going on. So you want that healthy bacteria. It's going to actually help your gut. And then the other piece is it's homogenized, which basically means you're taking like a large fat molecule and jamming it through a small space and that causes the lipids to separate out so it can actually kind of um, filter in and become less hydrophobic at that point and mix with the water. Um, It's a it's a practice that's been around for a long time. Now, without getting into the politics of it, let's just talk about the outcome, which is you're killing off a lot of the great bacteria that you get from raw dairy and a lot of the benefits you get from gotcha. it. So then what ends up happening is you're again getting a macronutrient right in the yep. dairy that has been stripped of a lot of the micronutrients, mm, which is why sense. you want to go raw. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, needless to say, I've been on it for three weeks. 
and I'm usually the Monday through Friday girl, yep. and the eat whatever I want Saturday, Sunday, and I've had zero, like, like wanting to cheat. Like, yeah. I don't want to eat anything. It's yeah. crazy. What do you think that is? I, I mean, we were talking about this. It's yeah. like, it's almost like the diet God designed. You know, you have your sweets, yep. you have your fattiness, you have yep. your, your satiety of the meat, and then you have the salt that yep. you put on your meat, yep. and it's incredible. It hits all the taste buds. Oh, what's the one thing we eat every day? They're not going to believe it. Oh, yeah. So you asked about Liver King. That's where it's at, right? So we also eat some strips of raw liver every day. Um, Organ meats are fantastic. Mm -hmm. And real quick, just to put like a parenthesis in this, as you guys are, if you're listening to this and this sounds super radical, we agree with you. A Mm -hmm. lot of this sounded crazy to us. I literally didn't eat fruit for like 10 years trying to get as lean as possible, as athletic as possible. And so for me, I'm with you guys. This was very paradoxical to what my my belief system was up to this point check out paul saladino's stuff he's got some fantastic resources it's incredible dude is a walking uh freaking peer-reviewed article like he is just constantly and to be honest when you told me when i finally decided i wanted to switch over i was very skeptical of all the fruit and i'm like am i gonna gain weight right and but i went full in and actually was losing weight and it's incredible yeah same thing for me yeah and and they've done studies and they've done studies with people that had moderate to heavy amounts of fruit fructose which is from fruit the one from fruit and then low amount and the people actually lost weight on higher amounts of fruit with a solid diet not just eating a bunch of processed food as well and it's like anything else if you're working out real hard you're gonna have somewhere to put your carbs and the cool thing is is it's much more difficult to overeat at all and so like anybody who is struggling a little bit with like sweet tooth and all that hey yeah. man have your sweet tooth Girl, i feel you yeah. i feel you because i'm a sweet tooth person that's it and you that's what indeed. every diet got me with right. was i wanted sweets right and i'm telling you the honey and the fruit it hits the spot it hits it it goes heavy it does go heavy <laughs> it goes heavy yeah yeah so, it's fantastic so check out paul's stuff uh we also like just said we eat um some raw organs as well um and here's the secret if you want to eat some slivers of raw organ, raw raw liver, is we just swallow it like a pill. Now, yeah. my homeboy Damon, that dude is just every day flexing on the world. His yeah. his levels are getting That's higher insane. and higher. <laughs> but insane. he's probably almost eating double what I'm eating at this point. Yeah. What you're eating, yeah. Right? But um, here's the thing: you either can take a ton of vitamins, yep. or you can just swallow a piece of li- tiny piece of liver every day. Yeah, guys, and hey, do a little research mm-hmm. on where vitamins come from, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, I was go gonna say here's something cool. Um, so I've been on it for three weeks now, and I actually just got a ton of blood work done. Yep. And it was very cool to see where my levels were at. Everything is just great. Killing it. Killing it. Killing so it. it's like so obviously it's working. Yep. You know. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, and you guys will see this as well. By the way, when you decide to get your blood work tested and you decide to switch your diet, if you so desire, you'll probably see that your cholesterol is gonna go up a little bit. Now. If you're curious about that, you're worried about that, remember that cholesterol is the basis of all the hormones in your body. So every hormone that your body's going to make, it's going to start first as cholesterol, then your body will adapt it. Every hormone? Yeah, that's how it works, right? So every hormone, your body's going to start with cholesterol, and then it will transfer it into the appropriate hormones that it needs. Yeah, man, it'd be crazy. Cholesterol is a hormone, right? Right. 
Um, so you're going to see that go up. If you guys don't really know exactly what cholesterol is, it's transport molecules, right? So it transports lipids, which are AKA the building blocks of fat inside, because if you put like a little bit of oil inside of a bowl that has water in it, you'll clearly see the oil. So you can't have oil floating around through your bloodstream. So your body packages it up inside of cholesterol in order to be able to move it from point A to point B, right? Um, so when you guys check this out, you might be concerned about that. I'll tell you what, Paul will unpack this at a much slower rate and a much more thorough rate than we can probably even do in this podcast. So without yeah. like going into a ton of literature on this, check out Paul's stuff. He'll address that question yeah, for you. Anyway, it's just been awesome for us. The kids are are really into it. We've taken all seed oils out of our diet. That's right. And let me tell you, seed oils are everywhere. Everywhere. It blew my mind. If you guys like sparkling water, you know, LaCroix or bubbly mm. or anything like that, I, I love it. So I was getting sparkling water and I looked at the back of the label and the ingredients and it says, you know, water. And then it says natural flavors at the end. And I'm like, what's natural flavors? It's got to be natural. Oh, right. You look it up. <laughs> it's oil. Yeah. It's vegetable oil in sparkling water. It's what bananas. is that about? I don't, you know, it's crazy. Um, we don't have the burden of trying to create a flavor profile that's going to match thousands and millions of people. They do. So it's like, you know, it's hard for us, I think, to understand like why they would even go that route, but it doesn't even affect us on our mindset as far as like, is this going to move me towards health? Right. Right. And it's not. And, you know, I think it brings the question up, do the... Um, do these different companies, do they really even understand the impact of seed oil? And my I mean, assumption probably is probably yeah. not, you it, know, yeah, it's crazy. we've been, we've been solely based upon fitness now since 2009. And for us, this is still even kind of a revolutionary thought oh, of yeah. like how big a deal it is. So I find it very doubtful. I think probably a lot of the different companies that produce stuff probably think, Oh, it's from vegetables. It's probably a good natural flavoring. It's good to go. It's not. So that's a bummer, yeah. but, you know. And it's hard at first, you guys, if you if you start to take oil out of your diet and you just look at gluten-free products, bread, you know, you look at anything and you're going to find some type of oil. You if know? you think that you're just going to try to remove oils without converting over to something like we talked yeah. about, like this carnivore uh, 2.0 diet, it'll probably be pretty difficult, right? Mm -hmm. But they call it a carnivore diet because it's animal-based, which right. means... That maybe and now this isn't this isn't an accurate percentage, but let's say eighty percent of what you eat is still from an animal, um, a highest majority of that, right? So animal based, and then from there you can you can flex off and eat a lot of different uh, fruits yeah. and honey and raw dairy and stuff you talk okay, about. Okay, what about alcohol? Oh, depends, right? So for us, Jess and I both will have some alcohol at times. Um, we never drink any alcohol that comes from hops, right? right? So nothing from wheat, rye, or barley. Um, if we're going to have something, maybe we'll have like a hard cider or um, one of seltzer. the uh, yeah, seltzer yeah. water or something. Which I hope doesn't have natural flavoring in it. Right. Um, that's a good question. So do a little research on everything that you're, you know, you can, there's no blanket statements that's going to apply to everything. Right. So do a little research and take a look at it. Um, we don't drink very often, but look, we're a huge fan of figuring out how to naturally organically run the life, yeah. run your life. And I would say like, if we're going to have like an enjoyable, like we want to just chill, we would rather have a drink than to eat some type of food. For I sure. would say like, yeah, we're not yeah. going to cheat on and eat something that's 
you know, necessarily not great for us. I think we'd rather eat well and have a drink. And you guys know where that comes from? Here's where it comes from. From years of going back to the gym the next day. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if you go back to the gym the next day and you didn't, like, you ate poorly and now you go and try to get after it, your joints hurt a little bit more, you feel a little bit more tired or whatever, you're just like, this is not even worth it. Okay, I have a question for you. How would you... um, like, so how are we timing out our food? You know, mm, food how, do we, how are we timing that out right now? Food timing. Um, I think for most people, you want to obviously try to eat multiple times a day to kind of keep the fire going. So if you're talking about specifically around um, what is the best timing for performance yeah. and aesthetics and everything else, a little bit of carbs before you go into it. And now here's, I'm going to say a little bit, and you probably want to know what does a little bit look like. Here's the deal depends on the person take you a little bit of honey a little bit of fruit something before if you feel fantastic working out then that's probably a little bit for you if you feel a little sluggish working out then try a little bit more if you feel even more sluggish then go back and try a little bit less and I know that sounds silly but you can have two responses to feel sluggish either one your insulin levels get too high and so then you're bringing your blood sugar down and you don't have as much on board to work out yeah. or two it's okay puppy <laughs> he just woke up from a nap right he woke up to protect the house there and then or you don't take enough carbs in and therefore your blood sugar is too low so you're gonna have low blood sugar on either side you want to find the sweet spot where you take in a little bit and it performs you in the workout, but it's not so much that it crashes your insulin. How far before before you work out? Do you want to take it? Do you want to eat? Yeah, I think 30 minutes is fine for most people, um, especially if you're eating quality food like we're talking about um, and you don't feel like your gastric is overly loaded. Uh, test it out and see. But generally 30 minutes, if you're eating very clean foods like we talk about, you're going to be a monster still. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now post-workout, this could be maybe the most important time frame. This is pretty well adopted in the fitness community, and maybe we should ask why. Well, post-workout, after resistance training, so this isn't always true for cardio, but after resistance training, you're going to have these little glucose transporters that are inside your cell. They're going to come out to the surface of your cell, right? So they're going to come out like a bunch of hungry, hungry hippos on Uh the outside of your cells. And now as your sugar molecules are floating by, like hungry, hungry hippos, they're going to start snatching these up Uh. and bringing it back inside the muscle cells in order to start to be able to restore its glycogen and be able to also use as energy to rebuild the tissue. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So post-workout, um, turn the carb game up. So if you have some before, have maybe two or three times that amount. What after. about protein? Got to get it because if you don't have the before bricks, or after, before is probably less important, but it does have a anti-catabolic effect to it. Amino acids do. So once your body breaks down that protein a little bit, it helps prevent you from breaking down muscle a little bit. It's not really going to fuel you in your workout, but it is going to help prevent you from breaking down too much muscle. So okay. a little bit before is fine. Um, definitely get some afterwards. Just be realistic and understand that it's going to take a little, it's going to take you longer to break down that protein than it is the carbs, but your body doesn't care. It's going to replace energy first Uh and then it's going to replace tissue second because it has to be prepared to do more tasks before it tries to make a muscle bigger. Got you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Good question. Very cool. All right. So we're getting close on our closeout time. Hey, let me ask you this real quick. What, what's up with kids lifting weights? Cause we get asked this. Oh my gosh, you guys. (laughs) 
as we're doing this, I posted the video of um, bro hitting that 105 squat. Yeah. And it's so awesome because you... 99% yeah, of people 99.9% of people are like, heck yeah. You know, like that's what I'm talking about. I love seeing, you know, kids being healthy and working out. It's so cool. And then you got one person. Here's the deal. Listen, that one person out there, we love you. And we understand what it's like to have a strong belief in something, but not to have a strong basis for why we have a belief. Correct. There's plenty of things that I've believed in life that I picked up with very little education to why I believe that. Right. So we got love for you. It's okay. There's no hate. We understand. It's going to happen. That's it. I know it's going to happen. And maybe you mean well. Maybe you're trying to help the world understand that you know, your perspective is that kids lifting weights is going to be harmful. Yeah. I love what Squat University put out this almost they, the same, on the same day as the well. same time. PSA. Yeah. Lifting weights does not stunt kids growth. Does not. It does not. Does not. And what was so crazy is one of the comments on the, uh, the squat video was a mom saying that her son yeah. injured his growth plate in a sport and they rehabbed it by having him lift weights. Right. So here's where the misconception lies guys is, People often think that because at the ends of your bones, right? Like if you imagine a dog bone that you've seen that you've given to your dog, at the end you have the kind of the big nods, right? They have these big nodules at the end of your bones. And those are where the episeal plate, AKA the growth plate lies. And what happens is your body makes cells and it puts the cells kind of towards the inside of the bone and it continues and it kind of stacks on like Jenga blocks and gets Uh taller and taller and taller and therefore a human gets taller across time. So the fear is that lifting weights will fracture one of those plates and then it will no longer produce osteocytes at that point right right? which you guys we all know it's a myth it's it's been it's such a myth because there's so many peer-reviewed studies not only by the american academy of pediatrics the national strength and conditioning association it's it's insane right it's so cool all the studies now that show that it's beneficial for kids to strength train with proper coaching of course for sure but it's just it's it's funny it's still out there but that's what we're doing you know that's That's my mission on instagram is to show parents to show kids that you can lift weights you definitely can you can do this and guys just think about it we take anybody that is a little bit older right consider geriatric that's going to have softer bones and how do we help strengthen those bones we lift weights exactly because pressure helps to tell the body to create stronger bones yeah right good thought so kids are going to be the same way as kids lift weights they're going to obviously have natural pressure on their body. Right. But that doesn't mean the pressure is going to be fracturing towards something and be something that's detrimental for a couple reasons. And one of those is they are giant little anabolic factories as it is. Right. right? They're literally growing. Their body is constantly refreshing tissue at a much faster pace oh, than all of ours. Yeah. And the other piece is, here's the deal they're not still going to be able to use more weight than what their muscle can actually articulate. Yeah, that's what always blows my mind. It's, it's, it, she made the lift yeah. with perfect technique. That's it. It's not like you were loading her up with weight that she's sure. unable to move. For sure. Everything is with, you know, proper instruction, yeah. you know, with the right amount of coaching, with the right program, and they love it. They and love so it. why would I say no if they love it? Yeah, of course. And, and it's it's beneficial for that's them. That's it. Guys, we get it. We understand why it seems scary. Once upon a time, we were like, oh, we need to double, we need to do a little research and make right. sure this is okay for the kids, right? Um because we believed all the same myth before and then we just started doing research like crazy and it's like 
wait a minute, not only is this not bad for them, it's peer reviewed. They did a 17-year study That's across so cool. 96 children That's so cool. to validate this outcome, I which know. is that lifting weights is fantastic. So we're here's creating the deal. little superheroes. Little superheroes. <laughs> you know, I have an Instagram post from a little while back, and our son said, uh, Dad, do you think superheroes are real? And I was like, and he was young, obviously. And I was like, that's a good question. What do you mean by that? And I said, uh, you know, does that mean a man or a woman would be able to fly? No. But does it mean that a man can become massively stronger, much faster, have the, the confidence to take on problems and be able to help people around them and be a light to their community? If that's what you mean by a superhero, absolutely. And so that's what we've always tried to instill with our kids through lifting mm -hmm. weights. Yep. And so it's a beautiful thing, guys, man. Let your kids lift weights. Um, doing it safely with proper technique is absolutely paramount because that's true for everybody anything that you're doing poorly can lead to poor outcomes regardless um this is not meant to be a plug it is a plug but it's not meant to be a plug we do have a really amazing app coming out shortly um and so we'll talk we'll probably go into a whole thing in another podcast of what that actually looks yeah, like yeah i can't yeah. wait this has been my dream for years because years. i just want every little kid that wants to work out to be able to work out and for their parents to have something that allows them to coach them the way we did our kids absolutely because it's scary as a parent if you absolutely. don't know how to coach them on a squat or a deadlift you know you're nervous and so yeah. we have taken so much time to create a kids program a kids yeah. app that is going to be phenomenal i am i'm just so excited it's gonna be awesome i want to see a ton of little kids just lifting i can't wait yeah it's gonna be great. that's it that's it so what do you think all right, so next podcast, let's talk about it. Yeah, I think we could chat about some some more for sure. And then uh, let's see. I think we're going to have some really cool stuff to talk about in the next one, too, on some of the travels. And uh, Oh, yeah. Next week we'll be somewhere. Yeah, here. we're going to be somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where we'll be, but we'll be somewhere. We're going to be somewhere. We'll be doing some traveling. But um, you guys have had really awesome feedback. We, uh, we're encouraged by it, and we hope to be able to continue. Um, listen, drop a line, ask questions, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Hit, us, hit me up on Instagram. Join up on Instagram. That's it. All right, signing out. JV Squared. Later.